0: Good evening everybody and welcome to the Bible Thumper podcast. My name is Patrick Hayes and my co-host Caleb Jenks is not here with us yet. <clears throat> he said he'll be here in just a minute. I don't believe him. I think he's going to be a little bit <clears throat> later than that. But anyway, we'll, we'll see how we do here. So we're going to get started here and we uh, Tonight we are talking about Christians and their music. So I'm hoping we get a couple people on here to ask some specific questions as we go. It's a topic that, honestly, I don't think a lot of people want to know about or want to learn what the Bible says simply because music is... It is important to folks, and they don't want to let it go. If there's one thing people don't want to make changes about in their life as a Christian, it's usually their music. And there's no way of getting around it. I don't think any of us would make the argument that, oh, God just doesn't care what I listen to. Really, no one is going to die on that hill. Because it's ridiculous, because God talks a lot about music. <clears throat> and just like every form of media, what goes in our eyes and what goes in our ears, these are things that affect us. So jumping in with music, what type of music do you listen to and what type of music do you think is okay to have in a Christian's life? Caleb's coming in and three, two, one, here he is. I expect a blurry image with poor sound quality, but we'll see where we go. Hi. Can you welcome hear me? Caleb? We can all hear you.
1: Awesome. So well, did you already did you already tell him I just finished picking the last little bit of food out of my teeth from dinner.
0: No, no, I was covering for you. I was going to let everyone know that you were deep in study of the Bible, preparing for tonight to drop some wisdom on us. I wasn't going to tell everybody that you totally forgot about this podcast that we've been doing for over a year now and had to race through stop signs and red lights to get here.
1: Well, there's there's one stop sign and no red lights in my town. So <laughs> I did have to go through the only so you had to run through
0: hundred percent of the stop signs exactly. between <laughs> the studio and your home. All right, so Caleb, music. Music in the life of a Christian. That's what we're talking about tonight. So where are you? Where do you stand? Where have you been? Where are you right now? what's
1: the progression been like? So the progression has gone from probably the most extreme version would have been at an early age. um, I would not listen to any Christian music that uh, came from any source other than the church that we went to. So it was like homemade music, (laughs) a couple of people on a guitar to Then it it progressed, and the church became more musically inclined over time. had its own orchestra, uh, men's quartet, um, bluegrass band, and that was still the only music that I listened to. And even songs that were sung in the home after we were uh, no longer part of a church would have only been songs that were sung in the church that we had gone to that were approved now, by that church theologically.
0: <laughs> now, how old were you at that time?
1: Um, I would say probably eight, ten, somewhere in that range when, well, I was probably about eight years old when the church that we were part of packed up and moved to Texas. And from then on, it was home church.
0: And so, so really, you weren't making any big decisions about the things in no, your life at that time. That's exactly just what you were raised in.
1: That was, that's how it was up until that point.
0: Okay. So um, when did those restrictions ease up?
1: Uh, it was a slow process, de- definitely a very slow process. But I remember we had, we had, um, we had cassette tapes. That was all mm-hmm. that we had back then was cassette tapes. Yep. And we had, I would say probably no more than a dozen cassette tapes. And that was all we listened to. We never listened to the radio, never listened to anything other than those cassette tapes. And... <laughs> That gets old after a while, mm-hmm. <laughs> listening to the same cassette tapes, were, which were mostly live live recordings of one of the ladies in the church playing and singing her guitar, mm-hmm. s- singing and playing her guitar, however you say that. Um, so it wasn't, and then a few that were like the early days of this bluegrass band. And then later on, as they um, started putting out some CDs and whatnot, we, we had more of that. But I remember at one point we had uh, somebody that we'd met in Grand Junction that We picked up rabbits from, or they bought rabbits from us or something. I don't remember what the deal was. And they had a cassette tape that they gave us. This lady, I can't remember her name. But anyways, it was called Swinging on a Gate. And it was like this instrumental kind of folky, hammered dulcimer, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever music. And it was really catchy tunes and not Christian, but it was Mm -hmm. instrumental. And so my folks let that fly. So that was was my introduction. strictly
0: instrumental.
1: Strictly instrumental, yeah.
0: Got it. Okay. So that's and how think, the devil worked into, into your house.
1: Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is before then the church that we were a part of, they started playing some bluegrass tunes and they there was a lot of, you know, Foggy Mountain Breakdown or whatever, mm-hmm. instrumental bluegrass tunes that were okay because it came from the church. But sure. plenty <laughs> of other Christian music. In fact, when I started playing the violin, I got a hymnal and I started playing songs out of the hymnal, just mm-hmm. instrumental songs, but I started learning new, new Christian hymns. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was um, there was some skepticism on this on, on my folks part that because these weren't church sanctioned songs that we had sang in our church, that maybe I should be careful of which ones I played. So that's how skeptical and how careful we were about using. So
0: <clears throat> when did you learn that you grew up in a cult and what <laughs> flavor of Kool-Aid were they mixing up before they went down to Texas? Was so. it grape? Were you all going to drink grape Kool-Aid together?
1: So I'm going to completely um, divert that question. I have a lot of friends that are still in the church. It's it's a, a fine group of people. Um, right. And now, I have, are they accepting have, new members? I have a whole <laughs> episode on the Bible Thumper. You can go back and watch a video on uh, how to know you're in a cult. Yep. And if if anybody bear. wants to watch, if mm-hmm. anybody wants to watch that video, you can probably gather from, from that my thoughts on what defines a cult and if you are or are not, but I have never been one to want to call out, call out certain groups of people and, them down. And, so and
0: everyone should know, if you look up that podcast, which you can find on Spotify, Google Play, and starting this week, iHeartRadio, Caleb yes. is responsible for getting us on there. Caleb and I did that one together. How do you know if you're in a cult? And between Caleb and myself, between the two of us, we had like six different people from different churches call us the next week after listening to it and complain that we were talking about their church but they all went to different churches which i found to be hysterical uh and we didn't name any churches in that uh podcast on how do you know if you're in a cult so i thought it was great so <clears throat> sorry you were you were saying uh eight year old you're you're in this cult you're not allowed to listen to any music that the cult doesn't allow you to listen to um your parents were going along with that i never said cult okay that's <laughs> We can go church. back and listen to the record. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, the word cult was used a lot, and you were just talking about one of the attributes of a cult, which is you're not allowed to, you know, do anything that the cult doesn't say you're allowed to do. <laughs> so, you know, I think we're splitting hairs. Get back to Again. when your parents allowed you to listen to music outside of what was cult approved music.
1: <laughs> so. Got to love it. Um, (laughs) So um, we went from listening to uh, some instrumental bluegrass music to then eventually playing it. And Mm -hmm. um, I started teaching music. And from then I had... Music students that wanted to do various different requests. I got. I I think I learned who Pink Floyd was, and you know Mm -hmm. all kinds of different artists that I had no idea who they were or what was wrong. Big
0: swing on the spectrum.
1: (laughs) And so I was getting sheet music and helping people that were doing secular music. In what type of music? Secular. No, no, no. Before that, I I said sheet music.
0: (laughs) Oh. Sorry. I'm so used to you dropping a curse word without knowing it. I just wanted to double check if I need to be ready with the with the bleeping button.
1: Right. Beep. Oh, man. OK. For some reason I'm logged out on Facebook and I was trying to share this Shared podcast. I'm not, now, now that you've now that you've brought up <laughs> now that you've brought up um, dissing half of my friends, I should just skip sharing the podcast.
0: Yeah, that's uh, all right. so anyways, they can take it. Members of cults are strong, independent thinkers (laughs) that can...
1: (laughs) So we started a band, started a Mm -hmm. family bluegrass band, and we played in churches, Mm -hmm. played at bluegrass festivals. And for a period of time, I refused to own a CD or listen to music that came from any band that didn't play strictly gospel music. So if they were a good bluegrass band and they played gospel music, Mm-hmm. At a you know at a church, but mm-hmm. at a secular bluegrass festival. But they also they, played
0: Black, Blackberry Blossom.
1: Right. Well, they no. Okay. So I shouldn't say that they could play instrumental secular Got songs, it. but if they sang it, then that crossed okay. the line, and I was like, "All right, there's this is okay, definitely."
0: So if they played Buffalo Gals on the banjo, it was fine, but if they added the words, they were out. <sighs> exactly. Okay, that's good. So, how old were we you at this point?
1: Um, I would have, that would have been probably around the 13 to 15 year range, somewhere like mm-hmm. that. So
0: how old were you All when, right. when we met?
1: Probably 16, 18, somewhere in there. I'm not sure. Okay. How old I was. Um, anyways, so yeah, that's kind of, that was kind of where I came from to eventually I started, uh, trying to broaden my, my musical genre, um, not just taste, but just at least expose myself to other types of music. Mm -hmm. And of course I still had pretty strict moral guidelines on it. that I would never listen to anything that was, um, immoral, but I did listen to some, as long as it, as long as it fell within the categories of music that I like to listen to, which is mostly, um, the only, really the only style was, was bluegrass and maybe like some country or. Mm-hmm. Um, like old um, classic rock or something like that. Cause mm-hmm. I had guitar students and different people that mm-hmm. were exposing me to some of this, you know, these other styles. And so in order to not come out as completely naive and stupid and try to mm-hmm. teach them, I had to expose myself to some of these other musicians. So that I did. Um, but I, I still, as far as my flavor of music, I was pretty, pretty strictly nothing but Christian. And um, yeah, I would never, I would, you'd never catch me. Tr- T- tuning into the local country country music station mm-hmm. what about you
0: well <clears throat> uh keep in mind you know caleb's uh background and my background are very different i didn't really grow up in a christian home uh now my mother would argue that uh because i was raised catholic uh but that you know doesn't Change what I believe. I I never touched the Bible till I think I was twenty or twenty one years old, and I was out of the house and on my own. So I didn't grow up in a home where you know the Bible was taken seriously or even read. You know, so um, for me, it was just it came down to what were my parents okay with. You know, so as a child, I think as a kid, I started out listening to uh, the Beach Boys. You know, and Various groups like that that were pretty harmless or pretty toned down as far as what you would consider rock and roll. You know, I listened to a lot of oldies, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Frankie Valley and uh, um, uh, Buddy Holly and all kinds of oldie stuff like that. And then, <clears throat> I don't know, you know, somewhere around the age of seventh or eighth grade when I finally, you know, got my own. Um, you know, radio that I could have in my room. And that was right when CDs were coming out, you know, or, I mean, they were out, but they were getting real popular. Cause I, we, same thing. I grew up on cassette tapes and, and uh I remember there was a store in town where you could buy and sell CDs so you could get used ones for dirt cheap. And as a kid, that was, you know, wonderful to me. So <clears throat> got into, you know, more and more, um, Rock and roll. I think there was a little bit of rebellion and peer pressure moving me into stuff that was uh, less and less wholesome, you know. But um, so, wait, you mean there's some rock and roll music that's rebellious and not wholesome? There is. There is some really? out there. Yeah. So <clears throat> um, I'm trying to think. I mean, by the time I was done, you know, I was, I was into heavy metal and going to you know, um, Metallica concerts and, (laughs) um, you know, into ACDC and, you know, Black Sabbath. And I mean, whatever music was catchy, you know, I liked it and I liked rock and roll. And I think that uh, the the aura, you know, of the lifestyle and the rebellion uh, certainly um, was appealing to me. You know, and at the same time, I boy i want to say by the time i was 15 years old i was uh started i was drinking and doing drugs and then you get into all the music that goes along with that you know so you have uh bob marley and the Wailers a newer group was called sublime you have you know whatever your typical pothead would be smoking and listening to you know and then really for me I picked up a guitar right when I was done with high school and went to college because I uh, was done with all my drinking and drugs. I ended up going through rehab. Long story short, that's where I actually met God. And um, I knew I was going to have time on my hands because I wasn't naive. I knew that in college there was going to be a lot of drinking and drug use and partying. And I wasn't doing that anymore. So um a friend of mine suggested I get a guitar. It'll take up some of my time in between studies. So I got a guitar, a real cheap one. And then I learned, oh, three chords and a couple of easy songs, you know, uh, one, four, five songs. And what I was listening to at that point that went with me playing the guitar was a lot of Bob Dylan and Tom Petty. And the reason is, you know, Bob Dylan and Tom Petty, most of their songs are only three chords and you can transpose whatever you're playing into the key of G. So a lot of guitar players learn G, C and D and you're kind of off to the races. So then I went to a pretty liberal state college up in Vermont. So, you know, it was like pot smoking, hippie, Grateful Dead and the band Fish Central And, uh, you know, so I got into more of that music. Then I ended up, boy, let's see, after college is when I got given the gospel and then I got saved after that. And I want to say, boy, it was probably in the year or two leading up to when I got saved, I was reading the Bible a lot and I was praying and I was seeking out God and I just didn't feel right about some of the music I was listening to. So I remember I got rid of a good portion of it. I got rid of a lot of the stuff that, you know, I knew for a fact, there's no way God could be okay with this stuff. You know, so I piled up a whole bunch of CDs and I don't know, I dropped them off the Salvation Army or I gave them to one of my worldly friends that would have loved them,
1: you know, and but I started getting
0: them. While you were getting converted, you were unconverting other people by you didn't burn the CDs. No.
1: I really thought you were a way more radical Christian than that.
0: No. Uh you know, at the time I was still, you know, figuring things out. Keep in mind, I don't even think I was a Christian when I made my first steps as far as what kind of music to listen to.
1: When you when you got saved, did you take all of your drugs that you had and pick it out on on the streets and pass it out with with Bible tracts?
0: I was done. doing drugs and drinking five to seven years before I got saved. Okay. So there were, yeah, there were no drugs or booze to, to hand okay. out to hand out to folks. Yeah. Although if you want to gather people to, um, you know, give out gospel tracks to tell you what, standing out in front of a bar on a Friday and Saturday, will get you some lively conversation. Uh, not a whole lot of people are going to get saved but you'll see a few. (laughs) But but I could tell you those stories another day. So anyway, I went to a pretty conservative church that really pushed hard on, you know, music, and what you should and shouldn't be listening to. And for quite a while, for several years, there was a point where I was only okay with listening to um, Christian music, gospel music, Uh, classical music was still in there, you know, even though, you know, it wasn't um, necessarily Christian. Now, uh, was that
1: a landmark? Yep. <clears throat> and wasn't the pastor there the one that said that drums would enter that church over his dead body? Probably. If I were a writer, would you tell me that?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, there were, there were some pretty uh, strict standards as far as, you know, um, uh, musical instruments. Uh, and, um, you know, for the longest time, it was nothing but a uh, uh, piano and an organ. Uh, Now, keep in mind, I played the trumpet all the way through college. And after a while, you kind of find out it's like, well, you know, there's a lot of hymns that sound really good with some other instruments to it. So we ended up having an orchestra there. But either way, you know that what music is allowed in the church was last week's topic. This this week we're talking about about Christians. So. Anyway, I went through a period, like I said, for several years where I was really only listening to Christian music, uh, classical music, gospel music. It didn't matter to me too much what kind as far as I really liked bluegrass stuff and, and um, you know, and uh, southern gospel type of stuff. I, my whole life, I was never into contemporary Christian music. I just never liked it. I never got it through my whole life even till today, I don't own contemporary Christian music albums. I have a couple of songs that I found that I like, and I bought those. But for the most part, I just see it as pretty poor quality, you know, music and musicianship. uh, As far as, you know, when I hear songs that are I never liked Christian rock and roll. For me, it's like, if we're going to listen to rock and roll, let's just listen to rock and roll. Why are we, you know, messing around trying to make it sound Christian? At least the guys, you know, that are singing the rock and roll, you know, uh, it's a song that I can tolerate, you know, as far as listening to. Uh, Being a musician, I was kind of picky. So anyway, long story short, um, uh, only Christian stuff for quite a while. And then after that, I... I had trouble justifying the idea that I could only listen to Christian music. So for me, I got to the point where out of all the things in my life that I'm trying to improve upon, I didn't feel like music was the thing that was keeping me back from, you know, doing God's will. So I'll say that was my excuse or why I justify, you know, listening to the music that I do nowadays. And I really like music. I listen to a lot of different stuff all the time. To be honest, if I'm going to be totally honest, Caleb, the majority of the stuff I listen to nowadays is Christian music. It really is. You know, with that being said, I really like country music. So you can take that for what it's worth. And I own a lot of it. Um, you know that's kind of where i'm at now does that help any yeah um so
1: obviously country music is oh what it, it's it's just another style and there's some sure. styles that to me seem more wholesome than others sure um especially if you look at current pop music that would be secular uh, and Christian values and what they line up with country music currently is, 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 it, is, it was relatively wholesome. I mean, it, it seems to support straight marriage, sure, family values, working hard yeah. um, country life. Um, and, and some other styles are, are relatively unwholesome sure. as far as what they, as, as far as what they support morally. They, there is, if you look at um, some of the pop music, rap, whatever, a lot of it is more the gangster lifestyle, um, rebellion, yeah. whatnot. Well,
0: but, and you know, to to be honest, okay, and I'm going to beat up on country music just because someone needs to, okay. And I listen to it. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I I like um, David Allen Coe and Johnny Cash. I like, you know, a lot of these guys and. And the fact is, a lot of their music has to do with, you know, um, drinking beer and you know, <laughs> getting into fights and uh, you know, driving around pickup trucks and you know, I mean, there's there's plenty of lifestyle in country music that honestly I don't want my kids to have that type of lifestyle. Now, if I'm going now, the easiest thing for me to do is to compare country music to uh, R and b okay, to rap and pop and and all those types of music that you know keep women under their thumb and sell drugs and talk about you know just horrible horrible things and it's easy for me to justify that Jesus must be thrilled that I'm listening to Merle Haggard because the alternative would be you know, I don't even know who the guy I don't I couldn't even name any modern day, you know, rappers. Now, I had a period, Caleb, Okay, for at least a year or two where I could name a bunch of these guys, you know, and sing along with the songs. Um, But, yeah, it's all it's all gone for me now. I couldn't couldn't tell you any of the modern guys, except what, what was that guy that ran for president? Wasn't he a rapper? Yeah, Kanye West. Kanye West.
1: I mean, i can't never heard, seriously heard his say music. that he actually ran for president. Clearly <laughs> a publicity stunt. He wasn't even on the ballot in half the states.
0: <clears throat> oh, that's okay. President Trump wasn't on half the ballots in a lot of battleground states either. <laughs> oh, but anyway, man. yeah. So, you know, for me, it's, it's easy for me to justify the music that I listen to. The music that... I believe I know God is okay with is the Christian music I listen to I can't for the life of me imagine that God has any problem with classical music I listen to opera okay I have you know a collection of opera that I really like which is basically classical music uh, sung in Italian I don't even know what the words are so I'm hoping it's wholesome Um, you know, but those things I know God's okay with. I personally don't think that God is okay with most country music. I don't, okay? I don't think he's okay with most of the folk music and the rock and the different things that I enjoy. I'm not going to try to um, make excuses for that. Now, is that what's burdening me as far as giving that up for the sake of Christ? It's really not, okay? For me, I have a lot of big problems in my life, a lot of glaring sin that I want, you know, God to work on and fix that gets in my way of doing his will. I have trouble believing that, you know, listen to Merle Haggard in my truck by myself is what's destroying me as a Christian and keeping me from being able to do the will of the Lord. If I'm wrong, well, then I'm wrong. Okay. Like I said, I can't defend it. I can't defend Getting drunk and getting into bar fights in a country song, okay. But I still enjoy listening to it. Does that help? Oh yeah. So,
1: uh, how would I go about this? So, there's a couple a couple different points that I that I like to make. So, as a musician, let me hear it. And as a Christian, um, and I think that those two things can go hand in hand that's not a uh, oxymoron to be a musician and a Christian sure I have some friends that disagree but um, here's what i've what i've found is that music is a way that we communicate with each other obviously and it's specifically when you're when you get into the lyrics of of songs you have the storyline of the song and then you have the the musical genre the the style of the instruments that are being played and that type of thing and so you really have two things going on in music that you really have to you really have to draw a line, I think, on both on both sides as a Christian. Where where do you where are you going to go with it? And um, for me, I think music is a gift that was given to us by God. He's the one that designed it. If you look at um, music theory and the way that music works, it is very complex. It is very mathematical. It makes it makes sense. It's really to me, it's one of the most beautiful things that God has given us that we can enjoy or abuse. And as Christians, I think that we should always honor what what God has given us in in these realms, whether it's, um, you know, the life that we live, the the content that we take in, the way that we dress, you know, the, the lifestyle that we the way that we raise our children. And music is a very, very big way of expressing who you are and, and your worldview. So I'm going to go off. I'm going to go on this, the storyline side of it initially because I think this is, to me, one of the, one of the big, the, the most blatant messages for somebody that's not a musician that would be the, the easiest to understand as a Christian. So in Christianity, if I walk into um, a friend's house and they're a professing Christian, we go to church together or they go to the church down the street and I respect them as a, as a genuine Christian that doesn't just, uh, that's, a, that's a practicing Christian. Um, mm-hmm. I would expect to see the images on their walls in their house to be somewhat reflective of a godly lifestyle, the mm-hmm. books that are on their shelf to be somewhat wholesome, mm-hmm. um, the things that, that the conversation that they engage in around the dinner table to be wholesome. And so if I went to somebody's house and they're a Christian and they're using a lot of bolder language around the table, if they mm-hmm. have books or obscene imagery those are things that would be concerning to me as a christian i would i would think something is a little odd here um and music it to me is is a way that we communicate um with, with the world around us with those that are around us when 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 we have music playing it's what we take into our head you you memorize things it's it's a it's a medium for for learning Um, you, you, you remember stories that you hear in songs and, um, so it's, you can read a book and you may forget a lot of what was in the book, but if you hear a song 10 times, you're likely to remember those lyrics 20, 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. So I was exposed the worst music that I've ever been exposed to was once I started driving for Uber and I would have people that say, Hey, you have an auxiliary cable. Can I plug in my music? Big mistake. All right. That is one time that I think that it's absolutely scripturally okay to lie and say no auxiliary cable (laughs) (laughs) repent later (laughs) because you're dealing with one lie or you're going to deal with a 30-minute ride where you listen to all sorts of numerous terrible things that are going to be put into your head okay i'm not actually i should back up and say don't lie all right obviously there's never it's never okay to lie
0: lying is wrong but i'm willing to do it at times so so I I, don't have to listen to 45 minutes of the Wu-Tang Clan I eventually I got rid of my auxiliary cable
1: I was like you're not going to plug in your phone and listen to your garbage in my car I'm not going to subject myself to listening to you plug in music that's talking about terrible things that you've done to women terrible things you tend to do to women objectifying women turning them into um, objects bragging about the fact that you are a evil monster and you want to go around and 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 brag about your wealth how bad you are um i mean just some of the things that i heard just blew my mind i would literally get the end of a car ride and feel dirty turn the radio off and be like you know i don't want to listen to anything this is just ruined music for me
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so that was a culture shock for me. I didn't realize how sheltered that I really was, even after I kind of branched out and listened to a little country music and listened to a little bit of classic rock and whatever. Mm-hmm. I started listening to pop music and today it is garbage. The stuff that people listen to, if you're in college right now and you have friends and you guys are listening to music together, you are guaranteed to be exposed to garbage that our parents and grandparents wouldn't have ever thought of, of mentioning quietly in, you know in secret to their friends, and it's sure. openly, it's, it's being played on the radio. Yeah. So how do you navigate that as a Christian? Do you say, I, I used to have a line that I said, I will not listen to anything that is not Christian. Not only that, mm-hmm. but I won't listen to anything that is, is, if it's a Christian song, but it's not sung by a Christian that sings nothing but Christian music, I won't listen to it. Mm-hmm. And I started realizing I have books that I read many, many books that I've read that are not Christian books. I've, I've l- read a lot of, um, biographies. I've, I've read a lot of, um, historical books that tell historical facts about sometimes alarming things that happen, but they're historical facts. And I had no problem reading the, the history books. I had no, no problem educating myself. I guess I just lost my screen here. I don't know if my, okay. if my camera's We can still hear on. you. Um, <clears throat> anyways, so if I'm willing to there's certain things that I'm willing to read from a book or engage in, in conversation, there's plenty of times when I'm talking with a friend as a Christian and we're not strictly talking about God. So is it wrong for me to listen to a song that is not all about God? And I've come to the conclusion um, that no, you can you can have uh, you can have music that is not strictly gospel, uh, Christian music that can be wholesome, uplifting and um doesn't make me I, I i walk away with a clean conscience after listening to it um, so i think that for me the content of the song as far as the storyline is pretty simple i think it should be it should be filtered with the same exact filter that we would filter other conversations other media uh, <laughs> other things that we would look at online other things that we would be willing to read about in the news or in in history and not and not be so uh, ridiculous about music that we become hypocrites. And I'll explain that in a little bit as far as what I mean about that. But you can become extremely hypocritical with your music. So that's on the content side of it. I don't know if you want to add anything to any of that or if
0: that brings anything. Well, let me just jump in with one thought and then you can then you can keep going. And and honestly, Caleb, I have trouble arguing what you're saying. Okay, I really do. And I can tell you that OK, let me give you one song that I've sung in many churches that is not Christian, uh, but I can't find anything wrong with it. And that song is Happy Birthday. OK, sung in lots of churches. OK, oh, look at this uh, sister. So and so is 85 today. You know, uh, and everyone starts in with Happy Birthday. OK, I can't find anything wrong with it. Clearly, not Christian, has nothing to do with the Lord or encouraging or, you know, about the Lord, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. I've sung uh, Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Okay. Most everyone knows that song. Again, nothing to do with Christianity, but I can't find anything wrong with it. I have trouble believing that God would not be okay with it. In the same way, uh, you were talking about artwork we have lots of pieces of artwork around the house that are not Christian has nothing to do with Christianity. You know, we like scenery shots. We like shots of animals. I like, you know, paintings of old ships. I like, there's a lot of artwork. Okay. I love, um, Norman Rockwell stuff. I must have half a dozen Norman Rockwell, uh, paintings here in the house, not originals. Keep in mind, I mean the prints. Okay. But, I have a lot of those. I really like them. They they are wholesome. They encourage me. I can't find something wrong with them, even though they have nothing to do really with the Lord. I mean, some of Norman Rockwell stuff does, but, you know, not a whole lot. So I see your point. And as much as it would be easy to make just a hard line, nothing but Christian stuff, that's it. I can't for the life of me say that I can find that in the Bible.
1: Go ahead. Well, I, I, I will later on give a a scriptural argument for why I think you could draw that hard line. Um, Oh, okay, good. But I personally haven't drawn it. I used to, but I don't anymore. And I used to not based off of the, off of my biblical perspective on it now. So
0: on the musical side of things. Something real quick. Okay. Anyone that does make that hard line. Good for you. Right. Good for you. We are not trying to talk you out of that at all. I only admire people who take a stronger stance on the Bible than I do. And I'm not going to be the guy to try to tell you not to do it. Good for you. Sorry. Please continue.
1: Um, Okay. So on the musical side, uh, well, and just to make, make your point, I should have had this, I should pull the scripture up my computer completely froze up a minute ago so i got got nothing and i didn't bring a hard copy of the bible with me but um paul says that one man one man can have the freedom to do something with a clean conscience that somebody else doesn't and so just because you draw a hard line on something doesn't mean you should expect everybody else to draw the same hard line uh, on that on that issue if it's not uh, in, in my opinion this is an issue where where I see it to be hypocritical to say, "Okay, I'm only going to listen to Christian music, but I'm but I'm going to engage in conversations that are non-Christian." Um, that to me is is a kind of a double standard. If I'm going to hold other people to that, I would say that's I can't say that that's necessarily scripturally supported. Um, I'll give the I'll give the counter argument for that a little bit, but if we go on to the the musical side of things. Um, the more that i've learned about music the more that i realize the infinite possibilities of music and combinations within music that are that will harmonize um there is probably never going to be an end to developing musical styles because there's there's so many different combinations of notes and, and different ways that you can make things that um sound pleasant to the ears different chord progressions different keys different ways of um, communicating through uh, through the actual sound of music. Are, am I still coming through? Yeah, you're here? yeah,
0: you're loud and clear. We can see you and hear you without your mic. It changed a little You're a little bit fuzzier on the microphone side, but that's okay, okay It's we'll probably that. just that it's probably just that thick beard. That's really ruining it I'll switch back to it here. Did you have to charge up your phone? Yeah, of course Being that because again. Sunday night came and you totally didn't know that we were doing a podcast, so you weren't ready for it. Is that what happened? <laughs> well, can, yeah, can someone in the crowd you, can someone in the audience send Caleb a charging cable for his phone and an alarm clock or a calendar? Because apparently he doesn't have either of those things to help him prepare. Because <laughs> all he has to do is show up on time with a fully charged phone, and that's just asking too much. So if we could ask the audience to pull together dig deep folks dig deep let's come up with the money and send it to caleb so that he can have a fully charged cell phone and be on time i think that's a worthwhile cause with christmas just around the corner let's see if we can make it happen and and if you want to know where to pledge your money uh, you're going to pledge that to com, and, and you'll be able to get it right to Caleb. Okay, wow. So just go to that website, com right now. And let's make this happen. Caleb, go ahead. Take it away.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Friends like Patrick, who needs enemies? Um, yeah, so I actually did completely space it out tonight. I was, we yeah. had Caleb. Uh, when lunch. did you remember
0: that we had a podcast tonight? What time? <laughs> At eight eight oh two
1: when Patrick Eight oh two when
0: I called you, and Caleb is like has a full mouthful of food <laughs> and he's chewing on it. Oh yeah, All I'll be right over there.
1: Pretty much. Oh man, yeah, it was bad. So, we actually earlier the day, we uh, after church, we had some people over for lunch, and then this evening I told my wife, I was like, Why don't we have somebody over for dessert? And then I was like, Oh no, that's right, I have a podcast, we could have some people over for dinner, uh, because I have to leave at eight. Then we had her folks over, and I was sitting there eating dinner with them, just finishing up my last bite when he called. So, yeah, uh, Patrick, if you if it's Sunday night and you're remembering about the podcast, give me like call me at, at
0: two minutes till eight rather than two minutes after eight. Okay, just in case Thank I forget. You. So, just so we're clear, everyone, it was my fault, and I I want to apologize. <laughs> I want to take responsibility and just say I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Caleb.
1: Anyways, um, what point was I making? All right, so onto the the musical side of of how we how we communicate with with the music. So. I believe that God is a God of order and that everything that he has done is is beautiful and orderly and that we should embrace it as such and not turn it into something other than, than what he designed it as. So to me, music is a it's a beautiful uh, it's, a, it's a way that you can can uh, relax, meditate. Um, oftentimes, if I'm going to try to actually follow sort of a biblical concept of being like like David and um, being still and waiting on the Lord um, and, and just and just trying to listen to God uh rather than just constantly projecting on God in prayer, oftentimes I will spend time in prayer and and turn on classical music or instrumental Christian music or something like that and 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 think or ponder um, you know on God's word and 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 listen to God or try to try to hear from him as as things come to mind. So to me, it's a, it can be a powerful way of, of, uh, of clearing everything else out of your mind. I, my brain never shuts off unless I'm listening to music. There's times when I'm playing music or listening to music that I don't have a thought line running through my head. And if you haven't experienced that, I would say try it and actually experiment with that because if you're listening to music that doesn't have lyrics, you can oftentimes relax and quit worrying about what you're gonna do tomorrow your job, um, how you're going to negotiate this this thing or that thing, and and maybe I'm different than others, but for me, my brain just never shuts off. I'm constantly, it's just constantly churning and and going through things, unless I'm asleep, in which case I'm usually dreaming, or if I am specifically playing music more so than listening to music, um, oftentimes I actually get into kind of a a quiet place in my mind where I'm not thinking about the logistics of how I'm playing the music. Or what I'm playing, it's just happening and I'm kind of basking in the moment, so to speak. So to me, that's a beautiful thing. And I think it's its a great way to rest your mind and and, and enjoy the peace and quiet of God's creation um, because you kind of get lost in the music. All right, so that's my whatever, weird emotional <laughs> self there good. talking. Um, there is music that if you are listening to it strictly for the quality of the music and you understand much about music, there's some music that does not, makes sense. It does not work. It is not music. And so I'm going to, I'm going to prove this point mathematically. And I think that um, this should make you think twice, regardless of what culture you come from, what kind of background you come from. Um, And, and you should start realizing that there are certain kinds of musics that actually, I believe glorify God, certain genres of music or certain styles of music that glorify God in the way that the music is played and others that just are very disorderly. So rhythm is one of the big things with music, and um, that's the easiest thing for somebody to, to think, think of as far as tapping your foot, um, tapping your foot along with the, the beat of the music. Um, it's, pretty, it's pretty easy to tell if, if, you're, if you're listening to a song and all of a sudden it slows down or speeds up. You don't have to have a good musical ear to understand that the beat got messed up. So come on, cancel. computer's trying to update now if you if you run a calculator and you have zero um, knowledge of music uh, but you understand how it works mathematically you can actually write software or or use a calculator and write Mm -hmm. music that will sound good without knowing what you're doing and i'm just going to briefly explain how this works so um, when when you're listening to a, a piano played or a guitar play, played or whatever instrument that you're playing, that string is is resonating at a different frequency. And it is there's certain sounds that work together and certain sounds that don't. So if you have a A, a note on the, on the piano just above middle C, it's a resonating at a 440 beats per second. So that string is, is swinging back and forth 440 times per second. If you go up an octave higher, it's going to be 880. An octave lower is 220. So it doubles at every octave. Um, and every every note between that is is an even increment away. So if you take a 440 and you put that into the calculator, and you multiply that times 1.059444, and you keep adding more fours onto the back of that, that's going to give you the next half step up on the piano. And you can keep you can take that calculation and keep calculating that. Okay. So all I, of the all I, hold
0: on hold on hold on because everyone's going to want to notice this since you're talking about math. Notice that we currently have 12 people following the video. I'm going to okay. predict that we're going to have less than half of those in the next two minutes. Please continue with your decimal points. Okay. So,
1: so you, you continue to take that calculation and you, you will eventually, if you take a four forty and you, you multiply it um, to come up with the next half step, 1.059444, you'll come up with B flat and then you'll come up with B and you keep taking, you keep taking each, each result that you get, you multiply that again and, and eventually Once you go up 12 half steps, you'll end up at a 880. And so as you keep going up the scale, you'll notice that it's incrementally, that increment gets larger and larger, but it's still evenly spaced apart. As as those notes vibrate and make sounds, there are certain notes that sound good with that note based off of the fact that, it would be no different than if you watch a fluorescent light that has a, f- a frequency and a ceiling fan or or say a, a camera that has a certain amount of frames per second. You can see a helicopter blade spinning one direction. As it speeds up, maybe it'll stop spinning in the video. It looks like the helicopter blade is standing still or it'll start spinning backward and you're seeing that frequency play out on that spectrum or, or phase. So, um, there's certain notes that work in music and certain notes that don't. There's certain beats that work in music and certain beats that don't. And, and I am finding, now this is I don't know why if it's just that God honors people that actually have a a Christian or a biblical worldview or, or, or a moral worldview, but I'm noticing that that the more morally reprehensible message that the song has, oftentimes the more, um, the more disastrous the music is when you actually, when you actually start listening to the content of the music, a lot of music, pop music nowadays is so muddied up with so much, so many sounds, so many electronic, digital sounds, whatever that are, that are mixed into it that you can't really decipher real clean, clear sounds. Oftentimes, it's really hard to tell what's going on in the music. It's like it's like take to me, it's like taking um, a lot of good ingredients that would you could have made a nice meal out of, and you just put it into a big pot and you just stir it all together, and pretty soon you just kind of got this mess, <laughs> this soup that nobody wants to eat. And hey, a lot leave of music is turning out of this.
0: All right? <laughs> okay. It doesn't need to be brought in
1: here. <laughs> so, anyways, in my opinion, a lot of a lot of music is is no longer music. Um, you you um, could qualify it as as rhythm in some cases. Uh, you could qualify it as as maybe an art form, but it is no longer music. It doesn't make sense. Um, any any um, well trained musician will tell you that they would never waste their time producing such garbage, because if you're if you actually understand how music works and what you're doing with it, you would honor the style enough that you would actually play a real instrument and play decent. Um, And you're not going to delve off into the depths that it has gone to where things are just so distorted and so dissonant and, and, and make very little sense. So a lot of what you're hearing in pop music nowadays becomes popular because it is so off the charts, crazy, and nobody expected it. And so to me, when we're talking about music, you have to be willing to realize that God is the one that actually invented everything. I mean, anything that we have in creation that we have was designed by God. The, the way that music was was designed and, and, and that it works is something that God created. And it's it's really a, a, an amazing wonder when you think about it, that we can communicate that, that we have these built-in high-tech devices on the sides of our heads that can communicate that. So um, I'm not going to go way more into the technical side of it, but if you look at, oh, don't look stop. at
0: please, Continue. we're still at, I, I we're, we're at 13 later out where it's views to out. Well, Robert told me there were 18 viewers till you mentioned the math.
1: Okay. So anyways, um,
0: now, can I use a metric calculator? Does it matter if it's a standard or a metric calculator when I'm doing this? What am I looking for in pop music again? <laughs>
1: point what? order order and <laughs> so anyways um, ask anybody that's ever played in a in a in an orchestra okay. what they think about pop music and a lot of them will tell you it's garbage um, if you've I actually played put
0: the in, time- in an orchestra I've played in a marching band I've played um, uh, for an opera and pop music is garbage I don't know if exactly. my opinion means anything oh yeah it well it garbage. certainly
1: does you made it on the Bible thumper so <laughs>
0: Oh man. Um, okay, so you were so, gonna make. Oh, sorry. I, no, I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt. Well, no, you have more because I okay, have so, a hibiscus I can get. I out. think. I think that
1: uh, music or slide rule. I think that music peaked from in in my opinion, music and its quality as far as skill probably peaked uh, sometime within the last fifty years, and it's mm. on a, it's it's on a down downhill spiral Uh, doesn't mean there's not still good good music uh, being created but pop music what's what's popular nowadays is becoming less and less
0: Mm
1: -hmm. quality and eventually Mm -hmm. it's going to become a lost art because it's going to become mostly digital people aren't going to know how to actually play it and we're going to get to the point where it's like wait they actually used to do that with like wood things that had strings on them and Mm. and they like you know so it's going to become a lost art i appreciate real instruments that, that actually make real sounds and um that's that's my opinion of it. Um, but there are, there are some really, really, really brilliant musicians that have put out music in our lifetime. Um, and it, within the last generation or two classical music, um, is, is really amazing. The, the skill and, and level that, that went into that to me, the finesse was so fine in classical music that it became focused more on the skill and the art than the beauty of the music in some ways. And, and that's part of why why it's not as popular now as it used to be, because it became kind of stuck in the past, um, in my opinion. Some some classical music really became more about the how proper and perfect it could be. And they were <laughs> too stuck up to actually be able to have any fun with it. Um, country music. Uh, to me, country music is is pretty down to earth, was pretty down to earth. Um, it's becoming more and more pop, you know, whatever, um, you have yeah, a lot of, And
0: let me, let me quickly define when, when I'm talking about country music. Okay. I, I am, I don't even know what country music is about nowadays. Okay. Every country musician that I really enjoy is dead. The only guy left is, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the pot smoking hippie from, uh, that lives up in, uh, it's not Aspen, Colorado. That was John Denver. He died. Willie Nelson. He's, he's, he's the last of the old guard that's left. But go ahead, Caleb. I don't want anyone thinking that, you know, I'm listening to anything other than the Highwaymen.
1: Right. <laughs> um, I actually disagree with Patrick on this one. Um, mm-hmm. On the content side of it, Now on the musical side of it, I tend to like older country music. A lot of the older country music mm-hmm. had more... Um, the chord progressions um, it had it had fiddle it had um, to me it it was just it was a little bit more it was a little more real than it is now it's becoming more Mm -hmm. digitally altered Um, but the message um, has gotten better to me with time morally with country music it went from being mostly negative um, a lot of cheating broken hearts and um, I can't see your reactions in real time on this (laughs) because <laughs> my, screen, my screen is still froze. Okay. Um, so I, if you're making facial expressions to disagree with me, you'll have to use words instead. Not uh, at
0: all. I wouldn't do such so okay. a thing.
1: Okay. Yeah. So uh, nowadays, uh, a lot of country music, its well, it's taking a turn for the worst right now because there are there's actually a producer that is specifically pushing um, LGBTQ agenda in country music. And there's certain bands okay. that are signed on <clears throat> to
0: that record label. You should have just felt my eyes roll all the way down in Texas. And I also <laughs> just threw up in my mouth a little bit.
1: <laughs> okay. So um, th- you have that going on. It used to be that country music was very much, like I said, it was straight. It was... Um, straight. It was relatively family-friendly, uh, something you could actually let, let your kids listen to in the car. But there was oftentimes... A, for for quite a period of time there was a, a quite a bit of a time spent on well bluegrass music was known for their murder songs um country music was known for cheating um and Dogs, yeah break chance. you know breaking up um crying mm-hmm. in your beer kind of stuff nowadays nah, it's a lot more upbeat. there we
0: go mm-hmm.
1: it's a lot more upbeat uh, a lot of love songs a lot of um being thankful for this good american dream life basically Patriotic country. Yeah, patriotic. Um, and so I I shouldn't admit this on the Bible Thumper, but I actually like Toby Toby Keith's um, uh, what's the title of the song?
0: Isn't he the gay one?
1: No. The American gay one. uh, No. Oh man, what's what's I don't know. We, we, we lit up your world on the 4th of July. When I, when uncle Sam puts your name at the top of his list, the Statue of liberty starts shaking her face. You can listen to the song. Um, there's a few words in there that I shouldn't repeat on, on here. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so anyways, there's, there's some really good Patriotic songs out there on it. And I just find that overall when I, and I do tune into the country station now and listen to it now, and now and again, and there's sometimes that a song com- comes on where it is, it, you know, it's, it's talking about immoral things, um, sex before marriage, um, that type of thing. I don't think that we should put up with that as Christians. I think that we it's okay to have a filter and we just say, no, we're not going to go there. Um, as as a Christian, is it okay to listen to love songs? I think absolutely that um, you can listen to love songs as, as a married person. I have no, for me anyway, I have no no qualms with that. If, if you do, I think you should open up your Bible and tear out um, some pages out of Proverbs, uh, Ezekiel, so- Song of Solomon, plenty of places that have explicit uh, passages that are way, 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 way more um, adult rated than what you'll ever listen to in in uh, a lot of love songs on in country music. And we're willing to read that in the Bible. But if, if we dare sing about loving our wife, <clears throat> um, then that's that's for some Christians is, is off the charts. I grew up and actually country music. It's weird to me looking back now why it was looked at as like the evil in Christianity Mm -hmm. at the time. But the church looked at it as like, oh, don't listen to country music or the church that I came from. And plenty of other more conservative churches drew that line on country music. And I think it was like considered the gateway drug because once you start listening to country music, it might be somewhat wholesome. (laughs) It's not that big of a big of a Mm -hmm. spread from Christian music to listening to country music. And then that's your gateway drug to get into listening to secular music. And pretty soon the devil's going to have you Mm -hmm. by the throat and he's going to drag you off to hell. So that was kind of my um, perception of of probably why it was looked at that way. But a lot of Christians that I knew, and this is where I think it gets extremely hypocritical, a lot of Christians that I knew then and still Christians that I know now, um, a good friend of mine, I recently got in his vehicle to move it. And he's one that would advocate um, based off of what I know. He would have, adv- he would advocate to listen to nothing but Christian music and publicly. I, I um, would probably only ever admit that he would listen to Christian music. And I m- moved his vehicle, started it, and his, his radio was tuned to the local country radio station. And I just thought it was kind of funny. Um, that was uh, my dad used to listen to country music even when we were a part of a church that would have not supported that. He he would oftentimes have the the radio station tuned to that. And I've known of plenty of people, myself included, that when I first started um, delving off into listening to some other kinds of music, I would carefully retune the radio away from any secular station to make sure that nobody ever found out that I wasn't listening to Christian music. And that's where it becomes
0: (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) I never understood that. You know, I really didn't. Of course, for me, so many people, you know, roll their eyes at me and think that I should cover up some, you know, some things that I do better. And for me, I always just thought, okay, what's worse? Because we both listen to country music. Right. One of us tries to hide it and denies listening to it and tells everyone that they don't. And then the other one just does and says, yeah, I really don't think it is all that good, but you know, I'm just not willing to change it right now. You know, with that being said, I'm open. You know, God can speak to me, and I'll put down country music again. I hope He doesn't, because I like it.
1: Um. So that being said, if you're going to draw that line, draw that line, yeah. but just hold hold the line and make sure yeah, that you never stray out outside of it. Um. And I I support that. I'll say my mom, um, she has held that line, and I I would pretty much be willing to swear on a Bible that my mom never listens to anything other than Christian music. Now her, she has broadened out to where she listens to music. That's not produced by her home church now.
0: Unbelievable.
1: But she would, you would never catch her listening to a country music station. Um, I don't know if eventually that might change or not. I have no problem if it does, but she has been, she's not hypocritical with it. She's actually really faithful to that. That's what she believes. That's what she does. And I certainly respect her for, for actually being, um, being genuine in that, and not being hypocritical about it. There's some people that are, and some people that are not. And the people that are, that have promoted that and advocated for it, and pushed that onto other people to the point that it encourages them to be hypocritical, should think twice about what you're preaching if it's biblical or not. Um, the strongest biblical argument that I would give for only ever listening to Christian music would be if if we were were to say that we believe that God designed music as a way for us to worship Him. And that was solely the purpose for it. And and that is um, the primary use that you see of music in the Old Testament. It was used to worship God. And and I believe that David is a pretty good example of somebody that spent a decent amount of time with his musical talents using that for the glory of God. And I think as Christians, we should probably, uh, well, we should consider committing ourselves to no matter what it is, whether it's the books we read, um, the, the music we listen to, to to try to take in as much Christian literature as we can, as much biblical worldview, um, music and books as we can, and so I personally, I would say probably, I think I could honestly say that at least ninety, at least ninety percent of what I listen to, maybe ninety five percent of what I listen to is is Christian. Music, um, But I do on occasion, especially if I'm driving at night or out in an area that doesn't have great reception, I'll tune the radio into whatever I can find if as long as it's not morally objectionable. And it's usually country because country stations, at least here in the south, are going to be your strongest, best signals you can if you can't pick up anything else, you can find a country station around right, right around 100 on the dial you're going to find a country station somewhere Um, and you can tune into it listen to it and so i do listen to some country music it's very similar in my taste to bluegrass folk country i mean that's the kind of music that i personally like southern gospel and and country music just kind of fits it fits the boot so to speak so anyways i think that you could make an argument that god designed music to be primarily for his glory and for us to worship him but um, there is plenty of of examples in scripture of of proverb, you know, some of the proverbs and, and the uh, Song of Solomon that is certainly written about other things other than God. So I don't know that you could say that it was always biblical. Well, it's clearly not always biblically used. There's actually uh, ex- the only example I can find of drums being used in the Bible was for idol worship. Um, that doesn't mean I think that drums can only be used for idol worship. That's just the only example you can find in the in scripture of it being. Used, um, so I think that I think that there's, it's it's kind of a doesn't an argument doesn't hold together real well as Christians to say that God is only okay with Christians using music to worship Him and that we can't use it for our pleasure or enjoyment. I think we can personally, I I do, and I can um, with a clear conscience listen to um, instrumental music that doesn't have lyrics that are glorifying God, or um, even secular songs if it's not immoral. I have no problem listening to it um, and I don't, I, I intentionally allow my children to listen to it on occasion. I want them to realize that you can have a filter no different than rather than saying you cannot have um, any internet. You cannot ever watch uh, any videos online uh, because you might stumble across something it's bad. I try to int- instead teach them to have a filter where they filter it out with a Christian worldview and, and based off of morals, the same with music. And I don't mind them ex- being exposed to secular music. That's a stand that I, take on it. And I I find that to be really the most logical stand that you could take on it.
0: Well, and one thing I want to add in in closing here, uh, we can all agree that God should have a say in the music that we listen to. And for some folks that might be new to Christianity, new to church, new to the Lord Jesus, you might never have thought of this before. But what I can tell you is that being a Christian, if you if you came from the world and you got saved out of the world, being a Christian is easy. All you have to do is change everything. And sooner or later, you're going to get down to the point where you're looking at the music in your life and you're going to make a decision on what music you allow into your life based on one of two things. Number one, would be like Caleb was talking about, have a filter and you're going to use the word of God as that filter. And then you're going to pray and you're going to talk to God about it and ask him to help guide and direct your decisions. Or number two, you are going to use the world by default. You're going to listen to what you want And so long as you can find music in the world that's worse than what you listen to, you'll be able to justify any music in the world. Which is why it is so important for all of us that we read our Bible and we pray to God and we hope that God will be a part of the decision making process in all of our lives for what music we're going to allow into our life, into the lives of our families and into our church. And if we do that, we're in a good place. If we're coming from a position of stubbornness and hard heartedness where we say, nope, I'm not letting God get a say, well, then we can almost guarantee that there's some stuff in our life that Jesus doesn't want there. And we're just not willing to let him in and clean house. So uh, with that, that's all I've got. Uh, Caleb, anything you want to add? Um, Everyone on here, I'm reading a lot of the comments and they're saying, please give Caleb another 20 minute monologue to finish up uh, the Bible thumper hour. I've seen that from most of our people. So do you want to do you want to do that before we close here? Yeah, so I don't think 20 minutes. Well, and here's here's a comment that we need to look at. Okay, when we were talking about you not having a phone charger or using a, an alarm clock or a calendar and, and we said people could donate. Uh, we said they could send you something. Johnny Walner asked for an address and I gave an address here and I wanna, I wanna double check its accuracy. I said, Johnny Walner, you can mail your check to 123, doesn't know how to use the calendar on his phone street, no phone charger, Texas. One, two, three, four, five. Is that the correct address? For I'm everyone to the, the numbers in chronological <laughs> order. But yeah, that is correct. That's funny. All right.
1: Um, so Travis Stahl uh, asked a question. He said, "What about Ooh. Philippians four 8? And I think okay. this really, really is a good, a good verse to bring up. So, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa! We made it an hour and ten minutes without using the Bible. Do you really want to sully this? Bible discussion up by actually quoting scripture
1: I don't know.
0: okay, we have sixteen viewers. Go ahead, drive the number down to single digits again. Caleb. It's not my All funeral right.
1: so finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Um, mm. I think that is that is a good rule of thumb as as a Christian in. Outside of outside of music, in in music, um, there's plenty of music that if if you had it on playing, and Jesus walked in the room, you'd probably not be too proud of yourself. Sure, because it's not pure, it's not wholesome, it's not lovely, um, and that brings a point that I thought of a minute ago when you're talking, and so I'm not going to try to go on and on with this, but I will <laughs> I will make go out on a limb and make the argument that there's plenty of Christian songs that are sung in church. That to me, are more disorderly and um, probably displeasing to God um, for different reasons than there are secular songs that glorify God in his creation and um, that are that are not necessarily about God. So I'm just gonna read the lyrics to a song um, or some of the lyrics here to a song, and I'm gonna um, just kind of wrap wrap it up with this and just and just say, how could you? how could you make the argument that um, that secular music is, is off the charts and not okay. And, and all Christian music is, uh, is okay. Uh, so here is a song called, I love this life. Um, I love my boots brokey and I love my camel hat. Don't mind a little paint on my jeans. Yeah. I roll like that. I love driving my truck across the railroad tracks. If you hit it too quick, it'll hit you right back. I love a fresh cut field with a, first frost on how it shines like gold when the sun turned on i love the sound of them wheels with my baby singing along when the boys of summer comes on i love my small town world i love a country girl i love a friday night man i love this life i love the sound of an old dirt road rolling through my mind man i love man i love man i love this life that sounds to me like somebody that's got the joy of the lord they're happy and they are thankful for what god has given them and um you could make the argument that oh, that doesn't glorify God. Well, I do think that sometimes us being thankful for his creation, what he's given us, the life that we have, um, that there is actually a biblical concept to, to being content and realizing that the boundary lines that um, he's given us have fallen in pleasant places, that surely um, he's led us to uh, green pastures and, and not always wanting, wanting the, the grass that's greener on the other side of the fence. Then there are plenty of Christian songs that sound like a bunch of crybabies that are whining and ungrateful, unthankful, begging, uh, begging their father for more of what what they have. Um, And I some of those some Christian songs that come across that way that, that, that come off to me like a irritating, whiny little brat of a child that cannot ever get enough or can never be thankful for where they're at in life. They're constantly discontent. And they want more um, of God to do something more for them. They're just we're a bunch of beggars. To me, I, I find that to be interesting that we would consider that to be worship to God and something that actually glorifies God's creation and shows a, a point of contentment in our life to be um, to be less. So that's on the content side. Now, on the on the musical side of it, you have Christian songs that are, if you were to walk into some Christian services, and I'm going to be I'm going to go ahead and just be hard on, on some of the most spiritually minded Christians that I know,
0: Get them. Um,
1: charismatic churches, oh. Pentecostal churches where there is disorderly sh- shouting. Um, somebody mentioned on here, uh, singing, being grating to the ears. I hear a lot of, uh, of Christian music that um, if you were to, if, if Jesus was walk, to walk into a room and I was participating in, in that type of supposed worship, um, where it is disorderly, and it's um, to me, it's just chaos. Sometimes um, I would find I would find myself to be very uncomfortable if Jesus walked up and tapped me on the shoulder and I'd be like, "Hey guys, shh, be quiet. Let's calm down. Jesus is here." Um, as opposed to if if I looked over and he was sitting in the truck beside me as I was singing, "I love this life. Um, you know, I love my wife. I love the you know what you've given me." And I look over and Jesus is sitting beside me. I think he'd have a smile on his face and I'd be like, thank you, Jesus, for this amazing life. So I don't know. I, maybe that maybe I'm a little bit crazy in, in that line of thinking. But I think that we should be a little bit more open minded to realizing that um, just because it's labeled as Christian doesn't necessarily mean that it pleases God. And just because it's not specifically singing to God doesn't necessarily mean that it's an abomination to God. So hopefully I have probably made a few of my Christian friends really mad over this. And hopefully some of you guys are, instead of getting mad, might take a second, look at it and think twice about how stuck up you are about Christian music. But that's my take on it. Um, if you draw the hard line, like I said before, I'm listening to nothing but Christian music, you're, you very well could be right. And that might be, that might be biblically supported. I just don't know that I would recommend pushing that on churches. That's really hard to hear as a, as a young person in a church to say, Oh, your country music is is bad or your um, Folk music is bad, or your rock music is bad, um, and 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 give it just as a blanket statement that we hate the genre. I don't. I don't think that that's consistent. I don't think that it's uh, biblically based thinking. I think it's more based off of fear of people, like I said, using it as a gateway drug to get led astray from God, and and trying to put those those safety precautions in place for young Christians in the church can lead to rebellion and hypocritical uh, behavior where they listen to it secretly and won't do it in front of their parents, won't do it in front of their church. And that's the way I grew up. And I don't support that line of thinking anymore. So
0: there you have it folks. Amen. Well, we have no idea what we're talking about next week. I mean, literally none. So if anyone has an idea, we're going to ask that you send it in. We've already given you a website and an address that you can contribute to, to get Caleb the basic necessities for, you know, putting on a podcast. Uh, If you could message us or call us and let us know of a couple of topics you want us to go over, that would help. If not, Caleb and I will be more than happy to have a discussion about what we're talking about next week, probably on Friday, roughly 7.02, 7.03 p.m when I call Caleb <clears throat> and he's at his house and his wife brings him the phone cause he's taking a nap. So hey, if you wanna, yeah. Just just to give
1: people a, a minute to comment mm-hmm. on here. If you're still listening, mm-hmm. please comment now if you can. Give yeah. us a comment there with you the go. topic for next week. And yep. I'm gonna give us just a minute to wrap up the video before we do that by asking you Patrick, what is a non-Christian song that you could pull up the lyrics for that you find to be something that you can put your name on as a christian and say um something i listened to, that i listened to and i'm not ashamed of it um I, I i went ahead and pulled one up there which was one of the just one song that came to my mind randomly while we were talking i don't know if you'll have one that comes or not
0: so you're talking about any any yeah. non-christian song that i'm okay listening to yeah that you would okay. you wouldn't mind putting your sort of
1: your rubber stamp on the uh, on the message sure. of the song. And while I would say doing this, guys. Remember,
0: comment with an idea for next week's topic. Topics. I would say almost any Marty Robbins song. So for those of you that are not familiar, Marty Robbins is a country singer. He has since passed away, but all of his songs are story type songs. So uh, several of them, uh, the ballad of Bill Faxton, uh, Cottonwood Tree. um, uh, What's another one? El Paso is a real famous one. Um, Felina is another one, the fastest gun around. Uh, Mr. Shorty. These are all country songs, but they're telling a story about you know a famous gunfighter or an event that happened or something like that i mean those are the you know those are some of the easiest ones that i can think of right off the top of my head what about you
1: i just pulled up marty robbins the lyrics to Cottonwood Tree. Um, yeah I'm gonna, that that's I'm gonna not assume. the best
0: song that's I'm not my favorite if there's one. some others here <laughs> yeah uh, big iron a is game a good of poker one and lady Lucked up <laughs> well yeah and you know Like you said, it's It's, a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a story about a guy who um, someone uh, accused him of cheating and draw on him. So in self-defense, he shot him. And it turned out to be the biggest man in town's only son. So a mob ended up um, uh, giving him mob justice and hanging him. How about this? How about uh, Deeper Than the Holler? Randy Travis. That's
1: funny because I... You were just thinking um, of that? i sang that i sang that song and put it on i think i put it on facebook mm-hmm. um on Smule, Smule is a like a karaoke app that you can download and sing along with songs on there and so i actually <laughs> put that one on there and then recently our church had a camping trip and we had a karaoke night mm-hmm. and i think i sang that song at karaoke night as well um and it's it's a great love song um really good I, I like i like that
0: song how about k kaiser jingle jangle jingle that is an old-fashioned country song that is just phenomenal
1: okay here we have this is a good a good suggestion uh Deborah, i got another one
0: nine pound hammer by doc watson that is hands down one of my all-time favorite songs ever nine pound hammer Okay. Sorry, Caleb. Go ahead. So Deborah Hutchins, mm-hmm. so just to give a little background on Deborah, uh, mm-hmm.
1: she grew up in the same church that I grew up in. Um, mm-hmm. probably so she doesn't like me anymore? <laughs> she's not in the church anymore. Okay. Um, she probably left the church around the same time my folks that are maybe even a little before, but she's, I don't know, a little older than me. So mm-hmm. she was probably in it for more performative years than I was. Um, I would say probably into uh, maybe her early teens. I'm not sure. Um, she asked, "Can you talk about raising boys to be godly men in a highly sexualized so- society?" Um, last I knew of Deborah, she was, for at least for a period of time, she was a single mom with a son. If I remember right, his name is Isaac, and she was doing her best to raise him as a uh, as a godly young man. So I think that is a really really good topic. Patrick is going to be able to teach us all something on that. I don't know. What do you think? Should we tackle that next week?
0: Yeah, I'll make a list and write it down. If we don't tackle it next week, it'll be in the next couple for sure. Somebody else that's a, that's suggested a great the uh,
1: attributes of God. Travis Stahl suggested that, um, and then he said understanding God's character will straighten out a lot of issues. I think that's a really good one as well. Um, but this this issue of um, I would le- I would love to get this one about uh, raising. Boys be godly men um, in, in our sexualized society because we I am a girl dad three girls no boys but we are expecting and we just found out that our our um, next baby is going to be a boy um, if they if they got it right on the ultrasound so that'll be that'll be something that I'm learning about too and I have I definitely have some of my own opinions on that so that would be a, that would be a fun topic thanks Deborah on that and thanks Travis. On the attributes of God, I'd say we'll stick them both on the list. What do you say, Patrick?
0: Sure. Um, yeah. Constance wants us to talk about angels. And let's just go ahead and go over angels and demons. That's one that I guarantee will be an all-time best listen to podcast. Didn't we didn't uh, we do one? I don't think so. If I can no, look I guess back not. we did we one did. on We talked about doing the one. The devil. Mm-hmm. We did, had one called yeah, we did one strictly on the devil, but we never did one on angels and demons. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, guys, okay. for the suggestion. And then um, your sister suggested a really long one.
1: Why are these not
0: generating? I keep having to refresh my page to no see the comments. Judging others by their fruit. Judging so, fruit. You know no. what, Rebecca? We did a whole episode on judging others the best ways to how God hopes you will judge others. Have you listened to that one, Rebecca? Cause I think that one might cover a lot of the things you're talking about in your suggestion. Okay. Um, I, would,
1: I wouldn't call Rebecca judgmental. I would just say she's like a professional
0: fruit inspector. <laughs> I wasn't saying she was judgmental. I'm saying she it's was like, suggesting we <laughs> do one. On... It's like the neighborhood. Okay, let's say you live in an HOA,
1: in a uh, uh-huh. I don't know, kind of the suburbs, uh, okay. somewhat affluent side of town. You go to like church in San
0: Francisco, and you
1: are retired woman Aspen. in your mid sixties, uh-huh. and you get together yeah. with the na- other neighborhood lady, and you're a widow. Uh, I would say not widow. I would say not okay. widow because husband bashing is going to be a big part of this, and widows don't do that as much. So let's say, say you are mid sixties, living in a way in a decent part Uh of town, you go to church and you have a small Bible study prayer group that Uh meet at your next door neighbor's house Uh on Tuesday afternoon for, or late mid morning for coffee and prayer and Bible study. And so you Mm -hmm. guys are professional fruit inspectors. When you look across the street and you talk about, um, George and the way that he, that he lives his life, and you mm-hmm. talk about Bertha at church mm-hmm. and her problems, and you're giving your prayer requests and your gossip session. Uh, those would be, I would say, um, uh, really, really common attributes of Christians. Um, so, Rebecca, I can't wait till you're 60, and uh, we'll we'll give
0: you some pointers on how to judge. But did did we do a, t- an episode on that? We did a whole one on on judging, judging others. Judging others. Okay, Rebecca, yeah. you have to go back and listen to that. Yeah, listen to that one first. And if if we missed anything, let us know, and we'll be happy to hit those additional points or answer some additional questions. But I think we we did one of those, not too far off. Okay, raising boys to be godly young men, understanding God's character, angels and demons. That's three. With that, it is late. I'm going to get some chocolate chip cookies, and I'm going to go to bed, and we are never, ever, ever, going to get on the topic of uh diet and exercise and healthiness uh, and being a good witness for god in any of those because that's just nonsense and okay. it's clearly demonic so um, <laughs> so i'm gonna go eat some cookies in bed and watch some tv all right well have a good evening
1: thanks for being on here and thank you guys for coming on here um uh, deborah travis rebecca some of you guys that are always on here it's it's always nice to see familiar faces on here even at Constance um some of you guys I don't know you well in person but it's kind of fun to see you on here every week appreciate you guys always tuning in and I guess uh that should do it
0: thank you Patrick have a good night good night y'all